1: 6:30, Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6:30, Chad. Try so again.
2: Shoots and scores! There's 50 from the right.
1: Harris, he'll throw. He's got a man wide open. Touchdown, Eskimos. Kenny Stafford to the end zone. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams.
2: This is Inside
1: Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30, Chad.
2: Oh, happy Canada Day, everybody. Just a quick note off the start here. If you're still trying to get your boat in the water, step away from the dock. It's too late. Your family needs you to barbecue. Step away from the dock. That's all I'm saying. Football game today. It is 19-0. Saskatchewan leading Toronto there in the second quarter. The Argos coming off a 50-point loss to Hamilton in their last outing. Doing much better tonight against Saskatchewan. Still within three touchdowns. The Eskimos Coaches Show, usually heard on Mondays at 7.30, will be on tomorrow at 7.30. Jason Moss and Morley Scott. I am happy to hear from you tonight on this NHL Free Agency Day. You can get me at 780-496-0063, and you can text 630-630, as most of the discussion tonight will center around around what the Edmonton Oilers did or perhaps didn't do. And they did sign, uh, well, officially five players with a sixth on the way who wasn't an NHL free agent. They're going to be bringing over a player from the Swiss League. But seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. if you would like to chime in tonight. I do want to start here with a trade late this afternoon. And this is a significant one. Toronto and Colorado hooking up for a deal. The Maple Leafs get Tyson Berry. Alexander Kerfoot, and a sixth-round pick in 2020. Colorado gets Nazem Kadri, defenseman Callie Rosen, and a third-round pick in 2020. Now, Rosen, 25 years of age. He's only played four NHL games. Tyson Berry will continue to be partially paid by the Colorado Avalanche. They're going to retain 50% of his salary. So that's a trade that uh, was announced late this afternoon after most of the free agent signings went down. The Leafs actually made another deal Earlier in the day, they sent Nikita Zaitsev, Connor Brown, Michael Carcone to Ottawa for Cody Ceci, Ben Harper, and Aaron Luchak. So those are some of the uh, significant transactions on the trade market today. As for the signings, well, here's what the Edmonton Oilers did. Goaltender Mike Smith. Is moving up the highway after playing last year with the Calgary Flames, where he sported only an 898 save percentage, though he did have a good uh, one loss record on the second best team in the NHL during the regular season. He signs with the Oilers for one year and $2 million. He has numerous levels of performance bonuses. For example, if he plays 20 games he gets 125 grand if he gets to 25 another 125 grand that also applies at 30 and 35 appearances if he gets to 40 games played quarter million dollars if he gets to 45 games played another quarter million dollars so basically if he becomes the oiler's starter uh you could roll in uh, almost another two million dollars into that deal so mike smith the new complimentary goaltender i don't even know what to call him because quite frankly he, he didn't have a good enough season last year for him to be to be, the, to be called the starter, to be called the number one. And the Oilers have committed financially and term-wise to Miko Koskinen. But given Koskinen's performance, I, I, I'm not necessarily sold that Mike Smith is going to be the obvious backup. I think they're both going to get significant games. But anyway, we'll discuss that as we go along tonight. This guy is back, Alex Chason. Who last year joined the Edmonton Oilers just before training camp on a professional tryout contract. He made the team out of training camp. He didn't play the first few games of the season. And then, at least into January, he was one of the Oilers' top offensive threats. Actually, he, he was the most likely to Oiler to score out of the forwards not named McDavid Drysaitel and Nugent Hopkins. So Chase on is back. He gets a two-year deal. A bit of a transformation for him after going through tryouts the last two years. Two-year deal for Chase on, four point three million dollars. Marcus Gra- uh, Marcus Granlund coming over from the Vancouver Canucks. So one-year contract for him, $1.3 million. Uh, 12 goals last season, had 19 three years ago. The Oilers are hoping he can regain a bit of that form, uh, and you'll hear from Granlin later on on the show tonight. Jujar Kara returns to the Oilers, as as you knew he would be. He was a restricted free agent. Uh, 18 points last season, only three goals, down from 11 goals two years ago. I I, I know I've, I've talked to... Oilers players past and present, and uh, many of them, you know, a couple of years ago said Jujar Kara is going to be a very good third liner in the National Hockey League. Well, last year, more of the re- production really uh, of a fourth liner, and, and barely even that, only getting three goals, and he was often killing penalties on a penalty killing unit as a whole that was dismal. Second last in the NHL and has been dismal for most of the last two seasons. But Kara returned still relatively young at 24. And then I think a bit of a flyer here on Thomas uh, Yurko, 26 years old, in the AHL last season with Springfield and Charlotte. 201 NHL games with Detroit and Chicago. The key there with Detroit. He was originally drafted into the NHL by now Oilers general manager Ken Holland, who was with the Red Wings at the time. Gaetan Haas, the other player. The Oilers have, uh, have not put out anything Totally official, though Ken Holland did say at his media availability today that they have agreed to terms with Haas. Just some paperwork there. 27 years old, has uh, only played professionally in Switzerland. Numerous international appearances as a member of the Swiss team, including the 2018 Olympics. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about this player. He uh, supposedly is a very good skater along the, lean of, along the lines of Joakim Nygaard, who the Oilers also signed from Europe. So that's the collection of players signed. Uh, I think it's uh, pretty clear that there will be something else done, and Ken Holland did indeed say there uh, likely will be something else done between now and the start of training camp. Uh, but before we get to your phone calls, here is Ken Holland with his overview of the day,
0: and I was announced uh, two months ago. W- w- what I was hoping to accomplish over the the um, summertime, still still you know, two months to go, obviously was to uh, get another go- goaltender to go with Koskinen. Um, obviously, Dave Tippett had. Um, Mike Smith in uh, Dallas. I think they were together. Um, very, very competitive guy. He's, uh, he can handle a puck. Um, he's a motivated athlete. We talked uh, to him a couple of times this week, so uh, we feel good about our, our, our tandem and goal. And then uh, on the back end, we wanted to uh, create more competition. We need we need to find more players that can get double-digit uh, double-digit go- double goals. Um, Marcus Granlund uh, is a player that I think the last three years had 19. I think he scored. Eight in about 50 something games. They had 12 goals last year, so we think his his uh, resume says that he should be able to score double-digit goals. Um, and you know we've signed some. You know we we signed the from Sweden. We've signed uh, Gate Haas from Switzerland. Uh, signed. I know Thomas Yurko. Obviously, we drafted him in Detroit. Uh, we're trying to create uh, more competition at the bottom part of the roster. We're also trying to have the bottom of the part of the roster play with uh, with more pace. Um, obviously signed uh, Jujar uh, Kara to a two-year contract. And uh, so we think that we've started that. I uh, don't think that we're done.
2: Well, and we'll talk a little bit more about what Holland said, specifically about not being done as, as we move along tonight. By the way, the, the whole Holland media availability is on the orders page on 63 3 But I'll bring you all the, the key clips as we move along tonight. Uh, Obviously, they need more players who can get to double digits in goals. Did they really add any today? Well, maybe Granlund. I I mean, uh, sure, I'll pencil them down for 10. Uh, Alex Chason is an interesting player to me. He got 22 goals last season. I went back and looked at his game log. On January 8th, Alex Chason scored his 17th goal of the season. He had only played 34 games to that point. As I mentioned, he'd missed a few games earlier. He did not score again until March 2nd. And then in the final month of the season, he scored five more goals. Uh, you know, I, I think on, on, on this roster with maybe some power play time, I, I, let's hope Chason can get to 15. I, I would hope he could at least get to 12. And this is nothing against Alex Chason. I, I will say this. Because I have a lot of question marks still about the Oilers uh, roster overall and and specifically some of the forwards because either I don't know what I'm going to get or I feel pretty sure that the question mark revolves around that player not being able to perform to the standards of uh, what someone on another team, might be slotted into the lineup. For example, is that guy actually a second line forward? If this is this guy actually a third line, whatever. I have a lot of those questions. The the one thing I will say positive about Chase on is that even if his goals don't reach the the level they did last season, I I think his uh, his consistency and his effort will be there. And he was the type of player, and I think will continue to be the type of player that does a lot of other things well and can often impact the game when he's not on the score sheet Uh, I I mean he can play a little physical uh, he can help in front of the net he screens goaltenders that led to a handful of goals for Oilers shooting from the outside last season so uh, at least he can do that which, which is positive. For some of the other guys, and guys coming out for Europe, I'm not sure what they're going to be able to do. I mean, I can project goal totals and try to think, okay, well, if he's in this role and maybe plays with this guy or this guy, sure, could Nygaard get 10? Okay. House? I, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. I don't, I, quite frankly, I don't know if he's good enough to be on the team. Uh, I mean, I guess Ken Holland believes he is. I, I don't know if he's good enough to be on the team. You can text six thirty six thirty. Our phone number seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Here is Holland on bringing Chase on back.
0: I talked to him about uh, two weeks ago um, to um, his agent Pat Morris. Uh, I'm not sure if it was about two weeks ago, and then uh, talked to him. I think early this week, and I think that you know, obviously, um, you know, he had 22 goals. He's popular in the locker room. He's a right shot. Um, we wanted to explore the market, and I th- you know, I think in the cap world, what you try to do is you try to get the most bang for your buck on every on every signing. Not every not everyone works out. Um, we wanted to explore the market. I stayed in touch with Pat Morris. You know, Pat and I had a sort of a joke today when we talked to Alex. I think this week. Pat Morse might have called me at 10 o'clock every night, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and, you know, Alex Jason was uh, one of the people that we talked about, so uh, so I've been in touch with, with Alex's camp, his agent, all week.
2: Alright, a little bit there from Ken Holland. Plenty uh, of more from him as we move along tonight. Plenty of time for you as well. We have Dawn up first on the open line when we get back. The Canada Day live edition of Inside Sports on 630 Chad. back.
1: listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chan.
2: Taking a look at NHL free agency today. Uh, big names of note are Timmy Panarin to the Rangers, 7 years $81.5 million. Sergey Bobrovsky to Florida, 7 years $70 bucks. Joe uh, Pavelski going to uh, Dallas, 3 years $21 million. Matt Duchesne to Nashville, 7 years $56 million. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders leading Toronto 25-0 late in the first half. The game now in a weather delay. So the Argos lost by 50 in their first game of the year. They are trailing by 25 almost halfway through their second game of the year. And uh, actually the thunderstorm moving through Regina has scored a touchdown on the Argos' defense. So it's up 7 nothing on the Argos as well. You can text 63630. V says, more or less okay with what the Oilers did, as long as they can add a legit t- top six forward. Uh, no big term or bad contracts today. And this texture says, what is Joe Sackick thinking? That deal was bad even before the 50% retained salary. By the way, has anyone heard from Bob Stoffer? The Barry dream is officially over. Too bad. Yes, uh, Bob Stoffer has been discussing Tyson Barry as trade bait, possibly... As somebody who could come to the Oilers, so for what about the last three years now, he goes to the Maple Leafs. If you miss the deal, Barry Kerfoot and a sixth rounder to Colorado for Kadri, Rosen, and uh, a third rounder. That Leafs defense is going to be able to move the puck and going to be able to get some points. Probably a couple guys who might be criticized for their play in their own end, but they're going to be able to get it out of there once they have it on their stick. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Don is on the line. Go ahead, Don. Sorry, Don. Go ahead. Oh, good evening, Reid. How are you today? Good.
1: That's good. Just a couple of points I want to bring up. Uh, specifically, everybody is so anxious for the Oilers to improve the team to win a cup this coming season. It's at least two years away before they even have a chance to be a contender. Uh, secondly, what I saw today was Ken Holland, Ken Holland, sorry, taking a very slow and patient way to try and fill some holes Better. What do you think
2: of that? Well, I agree with you that they're probably two or three years away from being a Stanley Cup contender. I I, I think they could make the playoffs, but I I don't think that's a, that's a guarantee. I mean, it's a pretty close line when you're in that kind of the the middle of the pack that the Oilers wound up near the near the bottom of last season. Uh, I, I I mean that's the small picture. I, I think the big p- picture is f- fans are frustrated, Don, because. Everybody's been through this dance before, different general manager trying to fill holes. And if you look at since they made the Stanley Cup final, they've only had one playoff appearance. And a lot of those years they've been pretty awful. So that's where a lot of the anger and impatience comes in
1: i can certainly appreciate that i got frustrated in 92 and gave up my season tickets so two years a after
2: a cup win
1: <laughs> well i could see what was happening with the team and i unfortunately i did not like how the game was being played anymore
2: so the <laughs> onset of the dead puck era that's
1: correct yeah i just sort of like hmm i just saw some wonderful hockey and now i don't get to see it no more but anyhow uh I think what, what Holland has done, he's got a lot of players on one- and two-year contracts that are going to allow a nice progression into some of these good, young, talented players that I think are in the system and can help us.
2: Well, they got some promising defensemen, uh, a, a few forwards, and, well, and, they, and they do have several goalies in the system. We'll see who winds up panning out. But to me, Don, that, that's the key. And as much as we're going to talk about the defense and the forwards, and I was kind of focusing on the depth scoring after the, you know, the scoring after the big three off the top of the show. To me, the goaltending is the biggest concern because as we have seen, you know, in Edmonton in the past and on great, all teams make mistakes. All teams give up scoring chances. All teams have the do. odd hole in the roster, but your goalie can bail you out. And you look, you don't have to look back any further than the final game of the NHL season, because Boston had more scoring chances in the first period of that game. St. Louis left it with a 2-0 lead because Binnington was stopping everything that night. So I don't know if the Oilers – well, I don't think they do. I don't I don't think the Oilers have a goaltender who can really steal games or points along the way. That's a big worry to me.
1: And I think you're correct there. I mean, being a goalie in junior hockey in the 70s myself – it frustrates me to no end that a six-foot-five goalie, who's half a foot taller than I am, gets scored over his
2: shoulders. Well, and Mike Smith's a big guy, too. He gives oh, up yeah. some awkward goals, but he also makes some pretty athletic saves. And we're going to talk Absolutely. to Pat Steinberg out of Calgary. So if you were a goalie oh, in junior good. hockey in the 70s, you probably had to fight, too, eh? <laughs> uh,
1: I had two things. Two fights,
2: not bad. That's two more than probably most goalies are going to get coming into the the league uh, in this day and age. Don, nice to hear from you. Nice to hear from you. Have a happy Canada Day.
1: You too, thank you.
2: Okay, that is uh, Don taking a bit of the long view with what Ken Holland is doing, and I'm happy to hear from you at 780-496-0063. You can text 63630. Kevin from Stoney says, so uh, line by line, break it down, or the Oilers better, or still lots of hope slash holes. Well, if I had to pick one of those two options, Kevin, I would say still lots of hope slash holes. I do think they have gotten faster Certainly with Nygaard and supposedly with Gaetan House from Switzerland, um, speed helps, but you need speed with skill. I don't know if those two gentlemen have the skill level to also be productive point-wise consistently in the NHL, but they, they are faster and maybe they help with the penalty kill, which would help shave off goals against, which would certainly be welcome. More from Ken Holland, more from you. And uh, you'll also hear from Mike Smith and Marcus Granin all as we move along tonight. Inside Sports on 6.3. Check.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app.
1: Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chan
2: Inside Sports. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. FC Edmonton uh, playing in the rain this afternoon at Clark. A 2-0 win over the Halifax Wanderers. And I mentioned it is a weather delay in Regina. Lightning late in the first half. Saskatchewan taking it to the Argos, who uh, do not look good. 25 nothing. Saskatchewan up in that game. The Eskimos, 2-1 and one on the season, are on a bye. The coaches show with Moss and Morley tomorrow at 7.30. Usually it's Mondays, but we kicked it back a day tomorrow because of the holiday. Uh, So that's tomorrow. The Eskimos' next game is next Thursday, July 11th. They'll be visiting Mike Riley and the BC Lions, who are winless after dropping a late-game lead in Calgary on Saturday. Next Thursday, 6 o'clock countdown to kickoff game at 8. Pat Steinberg's going to join us from Sportsnet 960. In uh, in Calgary between seven and seven thirty tonight to uh, mainly focus on free agency, some Battle of Alberta talk, a little bit on Mike Smith coming to Edmonton, Cam Talbot going to the Stampeders, but I, I think we'll we'll touch a little bit on that dramatic comeback by the Stampeders, led by Nick Arbuckle, who I uh, don't know a lot about, so maybe we'll learn. Around. Did you see any of that, Kellen? I did not. No, I just seen so the final score. B- but... BC's up eleven late. Bo Levi all of a sudden can't use his right arm, goes out of the game. Nick Artbuckle comes in. They get a touchdown. They recover a short kick. They go down and get another touchdown, and uh, it's lights out. And uh, Mike Riley and the BC Lions are and 3 Calgary goes to 1-1. and That was uh, pretty dramatic. I mean, BC, I watched most of that game. They were somewhat better protecting Riley. He still got hit a few times. They, they certainly committed to using their running backs a bit more, and, and they had Calgary down, could not hang on. So uh, we'll talk about that tonight as well. well I didn't even mention the, the the offer sheet. I forgot to get that out there. I'm sure you've heard about it. The Canadians have issued an offer sheet that has obviously been accepted by Carolina Hurricane star Sebastian Aho, who's a restricted free agent. A five-year deal it is worth 8.454 million per season. Now the reason I take that to 3 decimal points is that because it's under 8.5 million, the compensation going back to Carolina is a little bit less. They would get a first rounder, a second rounder and a third rounder. If it was 8.5 or more, they would get two firsts, a second and a third. And it's front-loaded with signing bonuses, an $11.3 million signing bonus this summer and then a salary of only 700000 for year one. And then he'd get another bonus next summer of $9.87 million, and then a salary of $700,000. Aho, uh, very good, three years into his career, 83 points in 82 games, uh, excellent all-around player. I would expect Carolina is going to match this. They have a week to decide if they, if they match, they cannot trade him for a year. So they, they couldn't get a, uh, out of the signing bonuses. So we'll see. Uh, they're, they're not a big spending team. They certainly have room under the cap. I guess it's just a matter of if their owner wants to step up and, and uh, give the money all up front. 780-496-0063. You can text 63630. Uh, hey, Reed has this Pat Maroon to Calgary rumor not come through. I saw Kurt Levins had something on it, but Twitter but haven't seen anything later. I was led to believe that there wasn't much to that rumor. So that's all I can tell you there. And I, I know it's probably somewhat frustrating for you uh, fans at this time of year and listeners because sometimes one media guy will say this, somebody else will say this. I I'm led to believe that that is not a likelihood. But I guess we'll keep following that. If I'm wrong, I'll be wrong. Wouldn't be the first time. Would it, him? Like mm. when I give scores to baseball games that have already been played, nope. and I think they're live. That happened yeah. last summer. There we go. It happens. Uh, Roger texting 630, 630 says, uh, Hey, Reed was hoping the Oilers would make a splash this afternoon, but I guess they don't have a lot of cap space. If I look at the forwards, I feel they are probably slightly better than last year. The defense is probably the same, and even though everybody is down on Mike Smith, I feel the goaltending overall is probably the same. So, if one position group is slightly better, then I guess I can expect the team to do slightly better. Which I guess would mean they might still miss the playoffs. That is a text from Roger to six thirty six thirty. Yeah, I mean I think that's fair. I mean uh, now I, now again, there is probably something else to come. Could there be something on Pulisic? Holland was asked about that. I'll get to that clip later. Um, could Lucci still be in play? I don't know about that, but there, there. I think there is the chance that another forward is brought in who can hopefully score. Not, I mean, not an elite-level scorer, but but be a support scorer, which the Oilers were were solely lacking uh, last season. Drew Kara will be relied on for support scoring. He got 11 goals two years ago, looked pretty promising, only three goals this past season. But the RFA is coming back on a two-year deal. Here's Ken Holland.
0: Yeah, he had 11 the year before. Um, you know, d- he... You need dimensions, Jim. You know, I mean, everybody's not the same size and the same skill set. He's a he's a big guy that uh, brings a different dimension to our hockey club. Um, you know, he can play in the center. He can play left wing. He's a big guy. Um, you know, again, I and I, you know, I lived in Detroit. I'm certainly counting on uh, or, or not listening to the information of the people that are here on an everyday basis. Um, and again, he had 11 goals two years ago. He had a tough year last year, three goals. So, uh, you know, when you look in the guidance res- record book at lots of players, you know, some in some years they don't have very good years statistically. So we're expecting him to, to bounce back and be closer to the player he was two years ago.
2: All right. Well, you know, young enough, I, I, I feel that that's... That might be a safer bet. I, I mean, you, you, look, the, the, what's the best indicator of future performance? Well, past performance. With with Jujar, you kind of have a mixed bag there. You have one year where, like I said, he looked like he was establishing himself, and he looked like maybe he can be not just a fourth liner, but, but maybe a third liner, who can play with a little bit of aggression, can chip in some goals, can help on the penalty kill. Didn't look like that last season. But maybe he can be that I, I I would certainly expect him to score more than three goals this season can he get to 11 I'm not sure I hope so it'll depend on who he plays with and that's going to be a big question that's going to be a big question who will everybody be playing with uh, you know McDavid and Dreisleiter will probably play together Cassian has a good camp maybe he gets the first shot up there since he finished the year well there what happens after that Jim Matheson had this question today for Holland.
0: You don't have a top six forward a winger for Nugent Hopkins to play with yet. Are you still looking for one of those? Always looking, Jim. Always looking, yeah.
2: All right, well, always looking. That's true. I mean, is Nugent going to be there on an island again? I mean, okay, so who, who does Nugent Hopkins start the season with? Chason and Negard, the new guy? Chason and Granlund? who had 12 goals last season. yeah, there's, there's there's still a lot of question marks. They're going to they're going to have to acquire another forward, and they will. So the Oilers today, goaltender Mike Smith, Alex Chason comes back, Marcus Grandland is signed, uh, Thomas Yurko is signed after being in the minors last season. Holland drafted him in Detroit a few years ago. Jujar Carrot coming back, and they have agreed to terms on an entry-level deal with uh, Gaetan House out of Switzerland. So that's the recap. You can always get more at 630Ched.com. The uh, news for the Oilers yesterday was that they were buying out Andre Sekera. And, and by the way, he found a job quickly going to Dallas on a one-year deal worth $1.5 million. So there, there are some savings here for Sekera. He will count against the cap, $2.5 million for each of the next two years, and then 1.5 for years three and four after that, so instead of paying him 5.5 for two years, they'll pay him 2.5, 2.5, 1.5, and then 1.5. Secura obviously derailed by injuries the last two seasons. I, it, I, I, when I'm watching him come back, he he was not as mobile. He could still pass the puck. I still thought he was as as good as passing, as good at passing as he was before he got hurt. Uh, good with his stick but just wasn't as mobile and then as a result wasn't as good positionally in the defensive end or good at skating the puck out of the defensive zone which he could do at times as well so Sekera uh, moves on obviously he can still play if, if Dallas or it's believed he can still play if Dallas is giving him a deal But worth five and a half when Ken Holland is looking to fill some other holes, he decided not to do that. Here's Holland on that buyout.
0: Well, the Sekera decision was tough. I I don't know. uh, I don't know him, uh, but certainly in talking to all the people uh, around here um, that that have worked with him on an everyday basis, they hold him in the highest regard. Um, I had, you know, I. One of the things that, you know, when I was in Detroit, I I have great respect for for pros and the guys that come, they're role models, and that certainly was what was laid out to me in Sekira was that he was a role model. Um, He's had a tough couple of years the last two years. I think he's played 60 games in the last two years combined. uh, Obviously, the injury bug has hit him big time. and I would say that, uh, you know, we needed to create some cap space and some, some opportunity to, to do some things. Um, and I also think that uh, we're trying to get some of the younger defensemen uh, to p- have an opportunity heading into training camp. The, the guys that played in, uh, the young defensemen that played in, uh, in Bakersfield. So that was, that was uh, ultimately all the reasoning around uh, the, uh, the buyout.
2: All right, so Sekera gone. So you look at the Oilers defense now and I know Bob Stoffer and I were bantering about this earlier today. We had extended coverage from ten AM to two PM on free agency. So defensively you have Clefbaum with Larson and then your other D depending on how they're gonna fill out you got nurse, you got Joel Pearson who's kind to come over from Sweden, you got Russell still, you got Benning, and then you got one of Laguson or Jones. Who, who were on the farm last season probably as your seventh guy or as a guy who's rotating in. So what about that depth of the D, Ken Holland?
0: As I weighed whether we st- stood pat and didn't buy out uh, Secra, or we did, um, at the end of the day, we needed some cap space to try to, to uh, create a little bit of, of, of opportunity to do something. Um but also the push of defensemen, um, I think that's one of the strengths of this organization. Um, and the top four guys you're talking about, for the most part, top fours, you got to do one of two things. You have either got to draft them and develop them, or you got to pay a ton of money to get them. And um, we don't have a ton of money to get them. And I think we do have top four defensemen, but, but I'm not sure that they're ready right now. But I think that I believe they're pushing through the system.
2: All right. Well, I, I think there are. I mean, we talked about Laguson and Jones, uh, Evan Bouchard, Ethan Baer, so uh, Sam, Dmitry Samarukov. So there are some players who, I, I, look, it's unlikely all those players are going to pan out into top four D-man, but if they have a couple, at least we can finally say the Oilers are, are drafting and developing their own players. Dennis texting in, he says, uh, read, trade Puli Yarvi, maybe add Bouchard or Larson. Well, I wouldn't trade Evan Bouchard. And I don't think the Oilers have an appetite to move Adam Larson. I think they're going to give him a chance to bounce back. Uh, I know I interviewed Dave uh, Bob, and I interviewed Dave Tippett at the draft, and he said he actually thought Larson had some pretty good stretches last season, and that uh, he can get back to being a pretty good uh, defender who plays. You know, you know, we saw him in the playoff year, good at smushing guys and helping to get pucks out and kill the cycle and things like that. Here's 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 the thing, Dennis. If, if it's me, and, and we're going to get to some Holland clips on, on Puliyarvi here before the, the top of the hour. If it's me, I'm not going to give up a prospect like Bouchard just to get Puliyarvi his wish of being off the team. And I don't know if Ken Holland is either. I mean, even if you get somebody decent back, why sacrifice Bouchard? To to do that, that's how I would look at that. Maybe some of you would say, "Well, we got to trade this guy and throw somebody else in." But 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 I would be reluctant to do that myself. Uh, This texter says, "Reed, do you think Nigar is fast enough to play with McDavid? Fast enough? Yes. Uh, Does he have the finishing skills? I would say unlikely, and I just base that on talking to people who saw him play in Sweden. He's got the speed." Can he, you know, does he have the shot? Does he have the presence around the net to finish plays and rebounds and tips and one time the puck and get a shot off quickly at the NHL level? I would say probably not, from what I've heard about him. I from what I've heard about him, he is better suited to be on the third or fourth line. It is 647. More on Ken Hall, and Pat's going to join us uh, from Calgary for some Mike Smith discussion, all coming up inside sports on Jet. <laughs>
1: You're listening to 6:30 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins.
0: I try to make decisions with no emotion, Um, and I would say to you, you know, I live in—I try to live in a cocoon as much as I can. and you go, you come, you know, every, we, we were here every day from Sunday, I think we, I don't know, we showed up here at 7.30 and went home at 7.30 and worked the phones, talked to people, had our lineup on the board, looked at our cap space, looked at our commitments, um, and looked at the other side of the board with our prospects to project when those players, um, you know, would hit this side of the board, and we did that Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, and you wake up today, so... It, to me, it's about the process. It's about every day, every day, going about the process, that eventually when you've got to make a decision, you've made a decision based upon all the information at hand. And unless you sit in that room and you're in the room of the 31 organizations, you don't have all that information. I've been on the. I've been on the phone with the agents. Um, I've talked to every general manager in the National Hockey League. Um, we've looked at the board. We've looked at everything, and you go and you eventually make a decision based upon all that information. Lots of people don't have all that information, the information that that I've got at hand. So I don't have any disappointment whatsoever. We made the decisions based upon all the information at at hand.
2: All right, a little bit there from Oilers General Manager Ken Holland on the job for almost two months and taking you through his first free agency day as the GM of the Oilers. Possibly more signings to come. And he he also said, look, uh, when asked about a trade, probably a more likely way to uh, bring in a forward who can score a little bit. One guy who could be going out, could be, I I don't know if it's going to happen, I don't know if Holland is, uh, I I mean, I don't think he feels like he has a a gun to his head here, is Jesse Pugliarvi, whose agent has said, uh, that's it, Pugliarvi will not play for the Edmonton Oilers. He either will play in another NHL city or he will go play in Europe. The Oilers did tender a qualifying offer to Pugliarvi last week, and Holland was asked, where are you with this player?
0: Where am I in Jesse you know i've talked to a lot of teams um not sure where i'm at but uh talked to a lot of teams about a lot of different ideas about jesse so i'm not not sure where it's going to go we'll see
2: so that that is interesting talk to a lot of teams about a lot of different ideas i i I mean maybe there is something i i I know that one texter said well could you trade pull and throw in bouchard well i wouldn't throw in a really good prospect maybe there is something though in involving some other type of player, or or a conditional pick, if depending on how Puliyarvi works out with another team, or how many games he appears in, how many goals he scores, maybe there are things like that. So, I mean, I think Holland is exploring it. I, I don't know if he's classifying it as something that want to happen, that he feels needs to happen. He has said in the past he's comfortable if Puliyarvi goes and plays in Europe. Um, I, I guess if he's not going to be an oiler and you're not going to get something useful back, then either way, he's not on the team. So trading him for nothing, for next to nothing, or having him go play in Europe, e- either way, you don't have much. And, and I think that's why Holland seems comfortable. Though, you know, he he's doing his due diligence a little more here on the situation. Certainly he's expressed... Um,
0: Frustration and disappointment at the way things have, have gone in his Oiler career. Um, you, know, obviously you guys talked to his, I think Mark talked to his agent uh, 10 days ago or something. When, when, and uh, uh, he doesn't, I uh, don't think he's planning on playing for the Edmonton Oilers. But I've had players tell me that in Detroit. And they did play for Detroit. So, um, and in some cases they've told me that, and they didn't play, and I ended up trading him. But ultimately, I think the most important thing is, if I do trade him, it's got to be a deal that I feel good about, that I think is in the best interest of this team. And if something like that isn't out there, then Jesse's going to have to make a decision.
2: All right, so there's what Ken Holland has to say about that. We'll have a couple more comments from him as we move along tonight. You will also hear from two of the new Oilers, goaltender Mike Smith and forward Marcus Granlin. And when we get back after the 7 o'clock news, Pat Steinberg will check in tonight. The Oilers and Flames sort of swap goalies. Cam Talbot was here for uh, three and two-thirds of the last four years, got traded to Philadelphia. He signs with the Calgary Flames, and Mike Smith signs with the Edmonton Oilers. So we will discuss that. Still a weather delay in Regina. Saskatchewan taking it to Toronto, 25-0. A minute 58 left on the clock in the second quarter. And uh, we don't don't have rain out there, do we, Colin? I see wind through the window. I don't see any rain. Looks like they're good to go at REMAX Field. Edmonton prospects in their big Canada Day game against... Moose Chalk. Coming back after the news. Thanks for listening.
1: 630Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630Chad.